Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. So what if we defined a successful conversation of disagreement? Think about that just for a second. A successful conversation of disagreement. So let me give you context. Let's take a Republican and a Democrat here in the States. And what would a successful conversation truly be? Now, I think we all want to convince the other side to come to their side. But deep down, I think we know it's probably not possible or plausible. A successful conversation might be hearing one another's views and appreciating one another's views. Doesn't mean we agree with one another's views. So when we have conversations in the workplace, we have conversations of disagreement. We deliver feedback. We provide observations. We challenge one another. So when there's a conversation, a number of things occur. Now, we're going to get into emotional intelligence, the two major tenets as I see them, called self-awareness and self-regulation. Now, remember with self-awareness, 85% of people significantly lack self-awareness. Study done by Tasha Yurok. 95% of the people in the survey said, yes, I'm highly self-aware. She tested them, only 10% were. Now, self-regulation is holding back, not interrupting, not disrupting, not yabutting somebody. Yet there's a storm before emotional intelligence. It's called emotional interpretation. So when I go up to somebody and say, why would you vote for that candidate? That's going to have someone go into a state of emotionally interpreting my approach. Typically, it will not be one of calmness or logic or rationale. Because the way I phrased the question was accusatory. It even came off a little bit derogatory. The word why tends to put people in a defensive posture. Now, if I approach that person and say, so what do you really enjoy most about that candidate and what are some of the views that you really support? That will elicit a different response that will cause the person to emotionally interpret differently. Now, we have something here at Progress Coaching called the RIAR assessment. RIAR is R-I-A-R. React, interpret, articulate, and reflect. So when somebody says to an employee or to a teammate, you know, we're late on this project. You you could have showed up on time. You could have gotten these things done more readily. Now, that could be even accurate when it comes to feedback. The person could have been late. The person could be holding up the rest of the team. The fact of the matter is this. In that moment, that person's going to react. So before we get to the reaction, we have to talk about the approach. When you approach people, What do you want? What do you want? We forget that. So when I go up to someone and say, why would you do it that way? What I really am demonstrating in terms of the want 
is I want you to feel defensive because my approach is not going to garner a logical, rational, calm approach for, or reaction for the most time or for the most part. Now, with that being said, when we approach, it's much like feedback. Do you know the goal of feedback isn't to give feedback? The goal of feedback is to give it so somebody receives it well and strategically utilizes it. So if I frown and I fold my arms and I say, why would you do it that way? You need to be more diligent. That person's going to focus on my emotion. They're not going to focus on themselves. They're going to emotionally take it out of context. They're going to feel like they're attacked and maybe justifiably, and we've lost sight of the objective. So we have to first understand our approach. What do we want when we approach people? When we approach, we're going to elicit something called emotional interpretation. Someone's going to react. They're going to interpret your approach or your message. They're going to articulate a response. And then hopefully they're going to reflect upon how they responded. Most stop before reflection. So when I approach somebody, my approach is important. There's a reaction. Then somebody goes into a mode of emotional intelligence. Let's get back to self-awareness and self-regulation. Self-awareness is truly seeing yourself looking in the mirror and being honest. Few people do it. So with that being said, if I approach somebody and they don't like what they hear, they don't calm down. They don't become more rational. They don't become more logical. They tend to become more emotional. They tend to take it out of context. There's a risk with that because when we take that risk, you know, we tend to tell people. How often do we hear our coworkers or friends or family say, oh, my boss was such a jerk today. He really attacked me. Think about that term, attacked. So the point being, self-awareness is about really taking a deep breath, listening, thinking, how can I positively react to this? What opportunity does this question or this approach benefit me? And then the way you do that is to start with self-regulation. Take a deep breath. And one of the greatest books I've ever read is Stress for Success by Jim Lohr. And he always says, no matter what happens, the first question you should ask yourself is this. And it's a reframing technique. What opportunity does this present me? So think back to the Democrats and Republicans, two people having lunch and talking. What benefits me? What opportunity does this provide me? And what that does is it reframes how you're going to react and also approach the person you're talking to. It seems so simple. Now, here's my challenge to you. Watch people converse, especially at a family event or a social gathering. Watch people, how they react to each other. Do you know that most of the time when people react, we tend to want to give our opinion. We tend to want to give our interpretation. We tend to want to have our voice be heard. How often when you hear people in disagreement, let's go back to Democrats and Republicans, do you hear, yeah, but? You know, it's always funny to me is that when somebody brings up the president or a past president, we end up bringing up the other person. Yeah, but your candidate, <laughs> we're not talking about my candidate. It, and we react that way. So when you're thinking about really having successful conversations of disagreement, one, it's to approach successfully. Ask yourself what's the outcome and what's the best way to approach that person. 
What's that language look like? What does your body language need to look like? Number two, when you receive, how are you going to emotionally interpret thoughtfully, professionally, and plausibly? How are you going to react, interpret, articulate, and then hopefully reflect in a really calm manner? It doesn't happen all the time. And we don't want zombies in our workplace where we don't have emotions or feelings. Yet when there's disagreement, there's opportunity. Let me give you a case study. There was a client during the pandemic that made um, materials for you know bacterial viruses. And so needless to say, this company, the pandemic was great for them. And I had a leader say, geez, I got two departments. They've got to work together. They don't listen to each other. There's fighting all the time. And he said, we've had a couple meetings. And I sat in on the second meeting. And I started to put some tally marks down on a sheet of paper. And he looked down and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm counting the number of times of emotional discord non-verbally. He goes, what? I said, watch their facial expressions. Before the other person is done talking, they're already showing disagreement which is getting the other person charged up. And we were sitting at the end of the table. He goes, this is fascinating. It was like we were watching in a lab people in an experiment. So what we did is we implemented at the next meeting, you were not allowed to present your opinion, your rebuttal, your thoughts, or responses until you demonstrated active listening to the person who spoke before you. So if John said, well, here's what I think we should do, Susie would say, well, John, here's what I'm hearing you say. You know what was amazing? The manager called me and said, in 22 minutes, I'd say about half the time people said, no, 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 I didn't mean it that way. Let me let me rephrase that. Meaning they didn't articulate the message they wanted to be heard. The act of listening allowed them to do what? Back up and reframe or reapproach um, the verbiage or what they wanted to share. And he said, within 22 minutes, we started to realize we were not far apart. What was in the middle of the the distancing, what was causing the distancing between the two departments, by the way, business-wise, during a very good time for the company, when other people were being laid off, was emotions. It was emotional interpretation. And then when people would leave the meeting, you would hear people, you know, utter to their teammates, oh, That guy never lets anyone talk. All he does is he likes to hear himself talk. Have we really ever heard somebody say, you know, when I go into that meeting next Tuesday, I hope I'm the only one talking. I love to hear myself talk. What we do is we label and judge people and we give her opinion. And what happens is that gets out of control. That becomes the focus. Not the things that we need to approach with and not the things that we need to hear based on the approach. Let me know if this was helpful. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign seven to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.